one. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And today, you guys are in for a little bit of a treat because the person I have on the show, as you guys can see, is known as the copy father. His name is Mark Kington. He sometimes looks like Nappa from Dragon Ball Z when he shaves his head. Um, <laughs> so many weird fucked up jokes. He's also my junior. Uh, he's my junior writer. I've mentored him for how long have I mentored you now? Like three years, two years? Two years, I think. Three? No, we're coming three. 2018. Was it? Damn. Yeah, 2018. Fuck. Yeah, that's was when it was. So 2018 till now. Um, I only remember because that was the first year I started getting high, which is hilarious. Anyway, um, transformation time afterwards, you know, always brilliant. But anyway, what I'm getting at here is that Mark and I have been friends for a really long time. You guys were in for a fucking great treat because uh, I've seen him develop into one hell of a good copywriter who's constantly growing. Um I'm just so excited to see what happens. And of course, we work together. So you're into, uh, you're going to see into like the insides of my brain a little bit more because Mark likes to do that. With that being said, Mark, welcome to the fucking show. Howdy, howdy. That was a hell of an intro. I feel like I've just been like given a superhero intro. Oh, I could have gone further. I wanted to, but then I was like, I'm talking way too much. I need to shut the fuck up. Though, before I do, I do have to give a shout out to our sponsors for the show. Uh, today's sponsor, as always, is uh, greatestcopywriteralive.com. If you guys head on over there, you can download my story selling matrix, which shows you exactly how to take any of your core stories, uh, put them out into sequence, and more importantly, show you how to use them as uh, you're writing for clients, writing for yourself, or creating infinite content, which Mark has seen me develop this thing as a beast and can't test how crazy it is. So you'll see his face on that page as a testimony. But anyway, I digress. This is, this is my face pre-Napa as well, I believe. Might be. You don't know. It might be just you in cartoon form. Um, <laughs> but we're also sponsored by thecopyfather.com. Head on over there. Pick up Mark's. Mark, what are you giving away today? There, uh, you got two choices. You can either join my email list where I will send you three emails a week about all kinds of weird and wonderful things to help your copywriting and marketing. Or if you do struggle with your content creation for getting yourself out there, getting yourself known, you can also pick up my consistent content creation kit, the CCCK, which looks, the word, the anagram looks like cock, which was a happy accident. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting to say that. I was like, motherfucker, beat me to it. And it's so true. It does look like cock. I'm embracing that. That is part of my marketing plan i'm saying that it was a happy accident but that is it but yeah, you know so. you know what just please for the love of god at some point please change that name to the cocky content cocky uh, consistent content creation i'm thinking just, of just doing a whole like load of different programs and just seeing how many words i can make out the anagrams that all that like cock and twat and fuck face and seeing how many i can do penis has to be on that one as well I'm sure I can come uh, up I with know, something. I know it's the scientific word for genitals, but there's just something brilliant about the word penis. <laughs> <laughs> there is. My dad called me a penis for so much of my life growing up. So okay. it will always make me laugh. It's just like, it's an insult that isn't even an insult. It's like you're naming something, but also you can really make it out to be a thing. Like, you're such a fucking penis. And you're like, you can. It's one of those PG-13 <laughs> insults that, just really really hurts but really makes you laugh as well oh yeah <laughs> this is just a brilliant way to start the show so you guys are it in is. for a we've, treat because we've... we're actually going to be speaking about content <laughs> copy a lot of mentorship <laughs> shit as well there's gonna be some great stuff i promise guys just and a lot <laughs> of dick jokes <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of dick jokes <laughs> this wasn't even planned it's just gonna happen now <laughs> 
Oh, for love of goodness. Right, kind of going into it though. For the, for, for the, I really want you, again, I want you to do a marketing campaign. Those that do, that was like, I'm the cockiest copywriter on earth, <laughs> which I found funny. Honestly, I read his thing. I was like, dude, you're such a dumbass, but okay. Oh, I saw that, yeah, because the picture was just weird as well. It was just, just a really angry looking dude. Oh, yeah, that's what I was like. All right, cool, rapist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but your face did look like it. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. It really did. Look at it. You look angry, dead behind the eyes. That you're about to fuck someone's day up. The whole thing just looked yeah, bad. It was bad. But anyway, yeah. I just I just want you to use the cocky parts. It's just like the cockiest content, like the rest of your title. The copy, what was it? The <laughs> cockiest content marketing you could ever find in the CCCK, and just put that up there. <laughs> it's the cock. It's just brilliant. Is, hey, we is, got another penis word then. Yay. <laughs> That's actually, it's actually got me sales and attention being looking like the word cock as well. You should just, des- oh, please just design your cover to look like a dick as well for like the actual branding. Just get Ian on it. Just Ian, try and subliminally like design this to look like a penis. See, I could do that, but I do like the fact that it looks like cock, but the actual branding and cover for it is Thomas the Tank Engine with my face on it. <laughs> Which kind of looks like a dick anyway. Yep. <laughs> There's definitely some phallic analogies going on there. <laughs> it's brilliant. So I actually want to find out about this because you're really good at doing this thing with social media where you essentially can, um, you essentially do find out exactly how people think in a way of putting that content out there because I've had such a hard time for a really long time, as you know, figuring out how to share what's in my head out in public and you helped me with that so i'm just curious like how do you systematically start breaking that shit down for people it's come from because i have done this for a long time now i've had, like because i started my direct response copy journey like pretty much with you uh, about three years ago it was a little bit before that but mainly the things from you before that and still currently today i've been creating contact content for about 10 years now so this is my 10 year 10th year of professionally creating content because i work for a company called train to game who teach people how to get into the games industry and my role with that was writing the blogs and content and things like that so i've and the way i've always done that is by thinking what people want to read about and so i always come down to just who are the people that are reading? What do they want to read about? I will give them that shit. And then the way I come up with the content and things like that, it, it's all systematic. I'm a really systematic person. I need a system. I need a formula. Which is uh, hilarious uh, to me, by the way, because we're yeah. so different in that respect. Yeah, I know. I do, I do need like the Some people can just wing it and go for it and just kind of make it up. But I do have like a bit of a, a system and thing that I flow. It looks like it's all made up out of nowhere and just kind of follows nothing. But it is all planned with a system. Generally, it goes story, a value, a segue, and then into an offer if I've got an offer or some kind of CTA. That tends to be the kind of system that I go with because story, hooking in, entertaining, fun, funny. I can be a dick with it. There's another dick joke. Mm-hmm. I wonder who taught you how to do that. I <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't resist. Yeah, so where did I, the I story resist. come from? <laughs> like, yeah. 
Uh, by the by, I actually do want to find this out from you at some point, and I, I'm just going to get it on now because I think it's fucking hilarious. And when am I not going to let myself get a massive plug from someone that I trained? Um, but I would say when it comes down to like teaching how to write story, what is it that you found that I did differently? I think it's hitting the emotional points. I said this, I think I've said this to you before, personally, you've got a way of hitting the emotional points that are way different to most other people because we've spoke about other copywriters when they try and sell their shit before and they're all using like stats and figures and things like that and it's all very meh boring i mean it kind of has the proof element and the logic but there's no emotion there's no love there's no feel in it when i know that you've made people cry yeah several times oh man that's <laughs> i'm on a roll right now like in like from tw- 2021 i've made every i've made at least one person cry in every mastermind call i've done it's insane. In a good way, we should say. Oh yeah, no, like I've like explained their shit to them, and they're just like tearing up. I'm like, what's wrong? And they're like, it's amazing. By the way, if you ever want me to do that for you, get in touch because Mark does that as well now, teaching him how to do that shit. But yeah, anyway, I digress. Yeah, so can. like, it's basically hitting those emotional points. But what is it specifically? Because I'm trying to, because that's something I do want to go down. I'm leading you down a road right now. By the way, there right. is place this is going you've always got a plan this is something i've discovered a long time ago you may the, the things come out cryptic and like you never you're, you're <laughs> not really sure what you're talking about but there is also always some grand plan to eventually lead to i'm basically like i i'm not i'm going to draw this one compare one comparison to one of my favorite characters it's the jack sparrow thing it really is it's like i make it up but it looks like it's planned or i plan it and it looks made up who knows yes, and you have heard of me <laughs> why not (laughs) oh god damn it i'm gonna write a whole post about that fuck it if my hair's long enough this year i'm actually gonna go as jack sparrow for halloween excellent see if only we live closer then we could do jack sparrow and napa because that's the combination that everyone wants to see (laughs) then we should be out of restrictions so fuck yes if you're up for it i'm down (laughs) i'm down to clown on that one you got to, like, totally don the Napa suit, though, by the way. you got to, like, actually build it. I do not have the body tone for this shit. <laughs> I'd be like Flappy Napa. Napa. <laughs> no, just get, like, an actual... Like, all you do is get some cardboard and just turn it into, like, child armor. cardboard muscles. <laughs> no, cardboard armor, not muscles, just no. armor. <laughs> anyway, digression again. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so, so, so as far as it goes, there's an emotional and logical way of actually doing this. So that's what we were going back to. So what is it about the emotional sides that are, that are taught that are taught differently? Because that's really what I'm trying to get down to here is like, because a lot of people say that, yeah, you can teach emotion, which you can, but there's something I do do, which, which just hits a deeper switch. A lot of your things come from experience as well. You've, been through to a lot of emotional states you've been through you've been down to the darkest depths you've been up to the highest highs and things like that so you can always uh, dive into that to relate to whatever anyone's going to and you also you really fucking understand people and things like that because i know you delve deep into psychology yeah and a lot of things like that and so that gives you a big advantage of understanding how to hit those emotional points because you do just know the brain yeah yeah 
that's something that one day I'm actually going to start. I think I'm going to really like ramp that up one day. It's just kind of like start teaching it on Griff's copyright. I was like, here's how my brain actually looks. Because one of the things I'm planning to do uh, for my birthday this year, uh, when the show should be out, I think, um, or just before, um, I'm actually getting a full body scan. So I'm actually getting an MRI done. I'm getting my oh, body checked out. to me before, yeah. Yeah, because like I want to see where I sit at 32 years old. And make it like a every two or three year thing that I do it, just because I want to see how my brain looks. I imagine that will definitely show you some shit. Yeah, it's like here's all the concussion damage, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, look, all this anymore. bit, this is it's broken. <laughs> yeah. This bit's fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm. So, you know what? I really want to look at my brain because, like, I want to see how it's healed from like that uh, the suicide jump. You know? Yeah, that would, like, surely could, that should be in a fucking medical journal. I, I honestly, I, I've not really had it checked. Like honestly, I've never had my brain checked for it. Yeah, you you definitely need to because <laughs> doing the the whole thing and then walking away from it. Surely there's something that happened there. Physics. Sometimes that physics is broken. <laughs> yeah, you just became a video game character and just didn't get full damage. That was full damage, just recoverable full damage. <laughs> I saw a thing the other day that, that there is no such thing as full damage. It's landing damage that causes the issue. <laughs> oh man, I was like watching Patrice O'Neill the other day and uh, he was talking about religion. He goes, I'm not religious until I'm in the sky. He's like... Um, like once I'm on a plane, it's like I'll see an old lady help her with a bag, put her stuff up, and then like pray to God's like, like you saw me do a good thing, make sure we land. And as soon as we land, that old lady's like, "Do you want me to help? like? Could you help me get the bag?" And I'm like, "No, we're on the ground now. Like you deal with that. I deal with sky karma. You got ground karma covered. <laughs> I don't fuck with ground karma." Ah, <laughs> oh, goddamn, Miss Patrice O'Neill. Anyway, back to um. One of the things I wanted to speak about, especially while going down the idea of like uh, emotion, what is it that you would see that actually is is different that's changing today when it comes down to the way that like Facebook is done, social media and content is done? Because I'm realizing it's becoming more and more emotionally written um, and going down a certain narrative. I'm curious from your perspective, um, what kind of emotional language can we pick up from that? Like, what can we as copywriters, as business owners, as people that are actually in the persuasive arts of business, what can we pick up from those ideas and put them into our own business? Because um, that's one question. But to preface this, uh, you studied the Pixar method, like really fucking in depth, and you've adapted it to your own style of writing. So like, what is it from those lessons that you've learned that could you teach us to apply in business so a lot of things are coming through like obviously you've got things like the the marvel cinematic universe and things like that and all these big grand storytelling uh mediums so you've got like all the marvel shit and all things like that and so people are getting more and more invested in story especially story through from like tv and popular culture and things like that so by taking something like the Pixar method of um, telling a story, it will um, it gives them like a pr- uh, kind of familiarity with it because they've already seen they see it play out in all the in like Toy Story and things like that, and so to see it then in um, their copy for emotional things, then it will you know there's the kind of 
familiarity mm-hmm. to it. And so, and it takes them on a journey as well, because it takes them from starting off of like, this is the way things start. This is how life is. This is what goes on in everything. And it moves through. And then there's always an event. There's something that goes wrong. There's like the, the nightmare of their life, the biggest problem. And from there, life gets shitter and shitter and shitter. And one thing gets to another and gets to another. And it all goes really fucking horrible until you've got a problem which you're fucking desperate to fix. And that's when whoever uh, you are swoop in as the hero with your product or service or offer. And you can be the changing light in their in their life's journey and things like that. You can sort of change it all around for them. You can solve their problem, be their hero. And so you can use that as a story. You can that's how you take like the Pixar thing like happened in Toy Story to taking it into your copy by taking them through a shit to good journey. Yeah. And it's really interesting that a lot of people kind of rely on the whole rags to riches thing way too often. Like, have you yeah, noticed man. on that? Like, it, it's, yeah. it's become prevalent, which is, it's got to the point where it's kind of become numb to our industry. It is, because you kind of see, and everyone will say that the rags to riches story, I've got one, you've got one, everyone we know has got one. But a lot of time it's like, yeah, they've got one, but meh, so does everyone. Yeah. It's relatable, but it's not the centerpiece. Like, um, like, the way that I would actually do that if I was telling, like, when I'm doing my story on, like, how I came up, was that I had huge success at the gate, but I was undercharging like crazy, which is true for a really long time. But at the same time, I didn't focus on marketing myself. I started focusing on like, the, the whole thing is like, um, and this kind of goes back to what we discussed earlier. And it's something that I actually really enjoy about you because you do this too. And I, I, I've got a question like in, there's a question loaded that's coming. Um, <laughs> so I'm going with this. But essentially, one of the things that I noticed when you when we were speaking earlier was that I think the classification is I've hit that point where I'm just in love with the industry of how it plays out and what words do and how the brain is. Like, that's my fascination with how people think and are. Yeah. Um, which is different than, say, our contemporary peers who are all about the money. Like, for me, I don't give a fuck about the money. I'm all, all about, like, proving that oh shit i was right this is how people think <laughs> and it's like because that shit's funny to me uh and interesting you have almost a very similar way of thinking but you kind of do it with humor and trolling <laughs> like th- that's like the the difference between us is i give way too much of a fuck of what people think about me like i'm starting to, i'm losing it more but you just don't give a fuck you're like <laughs> you don't give me money fuck you (laughs) like you're gonna write something mean about me go screw yourself yeah i mean i've come from like i mean school and shit like that i was bullied a lot it happened we all a lot of us are and then one of the things that my stepdad taught me was to like how just not to give a flying fuck you just do you and whoever thinks otherwise can just go fuck themselves because like you said we are seeing a lot of people there's way too many people in this direct marketing industry who are just this is how you make money you can do it any way just make fucking money fuck everyone else that is bullshit that Mm. is not the way this thing should go because i see it around so often the question is it okay to lie in your copy easy answer fucking no 
It's not. Not in the fucking slightest. Not ever. I don't care what fucking excuses you give of, oh, adverts do this and things like No. Be a fucking good copywriter. Go out and find the story that tells what you want and use that. Tell fucking truthful stories. It just takes a bit more effort. You don't have to be a lying shitbag with it. And yes, this gets me riled up sometimes. <laughs> sometimes my ass it gets you riled up every fucking time. The amount of <laughs> the amount of conversations you and I have had. Don't get me wrong. I'm just as pissed off as you are. Um, but what I was gonna say, as far as it goes with like people in that industry, does piss me off. Like I've actually left a lot of groups because of that kind of talk. I'm like, dude, what the mm. fuck are you on about? This is okay. Fuck you. Like that is that that's not okay to lie in your copy. That's you're a lazy motherfucker at that point. You are well and yeah. truly. Because the thing is, if you want to mine a good story from someone, you can find a story from someone. Like I worked in when I worked in the internet marketing industry. When I say like I am, as in JV Zoo people and Warrior Forum people, and I was part of that. Like I was part of that early fucking crew. Um, and I've worked with some of them, and they're like, "Why is this story method not like so different?" Because they're like, "You could just sell it, sell it on the benefits and features, and just tell people stuff." I was like, "Well, if it doesn't work, no." But there's a reason that you built this and I want to know the reason and people love the fucking reason because believe yeah. it or not, we are <laughs> Tom Segura as a comedian has like a really good bit on this where he's like children, like, do you know, we as people love to gossip, <laughs> like we just fucking love to gossip. Yeah. Uh, it's how we got around and survived our ancestors. It's how shit was always told. It's how stories were passed down. We fucking gossiped. And like, do you know how we're encouraged to gossip? Cause as kids, we're shit storytellers. Like, have you ever tried? You're a dad. You know kids are terrible at tell telling stories. They are. The amount no of times my kids have told a story and I've zoned out, come back in, zoned out again, and then come back in, and I'm finally near the end-ish, and then they go, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. See you later. <laughs> yeah, it's just like there was, it, they just drone on because they're still figuring it out. But then every, like, every parent or every person that remembers this knows this because i've seen it with my friend's kids um kids hit a certain point where they uh how do i put this they hit a certain point where they hit a gossip story and you just go mm -hmm. like you just kind of like <laughs> tell me more like you kind of zone into it or they say something absolutely hilarious and you like you you give a huge reaction to it basically you give an emotional reaction to that child and they go if i do more of this then i get more of that great so they start learning how to talk and tell stories and speak and communicate in the way that you do it's a really fucking interesting study um did i say stu I fucking sound like i said study with that but anyway <laughs> study <laughs> anyway um where was i going with this yeah, so the way that we basically think as people, um, that's how we break down stories. We just love them. And in copy, if you really mind someone's story to why they do something, we kind of fall in love with it some more. It's how you build loyalty. Yeah, I mean, you just get to know the person because that's the other thing that I go on and on and on about it to my email list and to my people on Facebook and things like that. Fucking authenticity. Because the amount of people that you also see going around trying, they've seen someone else be successful. And so they will just try and be a mirror image of them. They'll do the copy the same way, they'll talk the same way and everything. And then it doesn't work. And they're like, what's happened here? They did everything. It's, like, it's because it's not you, you prick. It's not who you are. 
you can see it between the two of us. Because obviously you've taught me, you've know, you've shown me how the ropes and things like that, you've brought me up as a copywriter. But you look at our two styles, especially with our content and things like that, we're very different because yeah. we are both being who we are. There's the, the only similarities we have is our structures are similar because, again, that's what we built upon. Like, I taught yeah. you my shit. And I, I'm going to say, I'm, one of the things I'm very proud about is um, how well our structures kind of work in cohesion, if that makes sense. It, like, it just proves the concept that, like, the structure I built does work. Yeah, even with um, completely different styles. Yeah, just a whole different personality. It's just absolutely brilliant. Um, it's one of those things that's just, it's just one of those things that just makes me happy because it's just there uh, as a thing. But you know your shit. Who found? Who knew that? <laughs> I did not know this for a long time, and you know that. I know because the amount of times I've told you, you know your shit. It's like, wait, what? You actually know things? Okay, <laughs> you're going adult. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like imposter syndrome is a bitch. But like, actually, I want to speak to you about that because you've been overcoming yours a lot more from like an outsider looking in at your world. It seems that way. I might, I know it doesn't feel, it might not feel that way sometimes, but it does look from the outside that you're becoming more and more comfortable uh, in the arena and you're actually kind of starting to hold your own a little bit. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it's still there. It'll always be there. Like I think we spoke about before that no matter what level you're at, even if you're a beginner, if you've been at this for like Jay Abrams amount of time, you Abraham. still get Abraham. I always get that wrong. Yeah, you always call it like you get confused with JJ Abrams all That's the time. That's what I'm doing. That's what I do. <laughs> you fucking nerd. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. So yeah, no matter how long you have been in this industry, any industry there will always be that level of doubt in your brain that goes, are you doing this? Are you sure? Are you sure this is what you want to do? Are you think, do you think this is going to work? That will always be there. But it does get to a stage where you just go, you know what? Fuck you, little voice. You don't know shit. You're just a little fucking voice in my head that's designed to hold me back and try and sabotage me due to psychological shit that happened to me a long time ago. Sit the fuck down. And so it just goes to a stage of just fucking try it. See what happens. I think that's the way that anyone should try and needs to work to try and grow is just sit the fuck down, do the thing, see what happens, what worked, what didn't work, read the results, try again, rinse and repeat. Yeah. That's yeah. generally what I've done for the past three, four years of doing things. And each time I'm getting better and better and growing. And so it's slowly quietening down the imposter syndrome. What's weird with mine is I actually have the biggest fear of taking the jump on my own shit, which is what I'm dealing with right now, which is why I'm taking like tomorrow off to just write and get a fucking detailed plan. Go, Just go with this dickhead. Yeah, because again, that's the other point of it is, is that works for me. Just fucking grip shit and go. But it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. Because we're all individuals. Yeah, I've got to sit down and plan my journey a little bit because it's a as much as, as as we've said, as much as I am the free flow emotional freak that I am, <laughs> I'm also annoyingly logical and cerebral with the way I do things. Yes, you are. But I think that also helps because you get the emotion side and you get the analytical side and it comes together in like a perfect storm of conversion. Spar- I am basically <laughs> Jack Sparrow here. Let's just <laughs> 
Fun side note, I actually grew up with a kid called Jack Sparrow. He was like a, I think he's like a second cousin of mine or something like that. And so when the film came out, Facebook just completely took his name away. He couldn't be called Jack Sparrow because they all went, well, you're clearly fucking not really Jack Sparrow. Wait, his surname was Sparrow? Yeah, generally. His actual name was Jack Sparrow. That is fucking amazing. Yeah. No, then again, I did grow up with a guy called Anthony Stark. Oh, amazing. <laughs> And he refused to go by the name Tony. <laughs> like, I would embrace that shit. I would be Tony all day long. <laughs> no, but this is when he was a kid. Like, um, so he was, so it was about 2004 when that's yeah. when I was like, hey, Tony's like, don't fucking call me Tony. My name's Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Stark. Call me Anthony. <laughs> it's because like, we all was like, oh, comic books. It was like, no, Tony Stark is a fucking alcoholic. He's abusive. I don't want to be associated with this shit. <laughs> yeah. he, was a real, he was like a real sensitive kid ahead of time. Like we, he got bullied the shit out of at school. Like that shit really went down. Motherfucker could hold his own though. I'm not going to lie. He fucking fight. He fight his ass off. I wonder um, if he goes by Tony now. If he no, he still him. doesn't. No. Does Anthony, still, <laughs> still Anthony. Like it, he's just stubborn as shit. Like that's his thing. He was like, I'm gonna bite down with this. I don't care how popular it gets. <laughs> I yeah, told was... him to I told him to name his kid. Like, when you name your kid, you know you're gonna have to name him like Rob. <laughs> right? Or or like, you know, just any other name from Game of Thrones. I'm, like totally blanking on the other characters right now. Yeah. I was trying to think of Iron Man's kid name, and that's totally gone out of my head as well. Oh, fuck you. It's gone out of mind. You know, it's, it's a little kid. She, she got bullied online. What kind of bullshit is that? Someone bullied a kid online for that acting. Oh, I know. This isn't just the bullshit fucking cancel Troll. culture things. That whole thing. Because it's like the thing with um, Hayden Christensen, who played Anakin Skywalker in the pre- uh, prequel trilogy. He got absolutely fucking destroyed. Everyone hated him. He got bullied. Same with Jaja as well, the guy who did that. Then come 20 years later Aiden Christensen's back in the Obi-Wan series and everyone's like holy shit it's Aiden Christensen it's like yeah he's never been that bad you dicks but he just got really bullied through yeah and also to be fair Clone Wars and um, Rebels did have a lot to do with like bringing him back up because you know they built the character back up again because he kind of looks like Aiden Christensen anyway so yeah I like yeah, a little bit of association well. Um, and by the way, that's a dating thing. A lot of people don't know that. That's actually where I learned that whole thing. It, it, it is the pickup world. Ooh, segue to a perfect lesson, by the way, is <laughs> how to like rebrand yourself very quickly. So what you do is study who your tribe is. So yeah. when you say who your tribe is, a lot of people go, oh, I need to find who I am and attract those people. No, motherfucker. Go with who do I want to be around? Like what yeah. part, what cool kids do I want to be part of? Like when we were kids, we just naturally kind of inclined to like just be moved to certain shit that we were drawn. Or at least I was. I kind of wasn't like <laughs> yeah. banded together with other kids. I kind of just like, I'm going to hang out with you because we're all nerdy and shit. So we like that. And some of us are like really athletic and nerdy. It's really cool. Um, I was never athletic. Athletics oh no, like, never been my shit. <laughs> so I, I did basketball. My best friend DJ was like a super athletic kid, like mega athletic. But he also kickboxed and like did MMA and shit. So like a tie boxing, that was not a thing. Anyway, I digress. What I'm getting at here is uh, what the fuck was my brain going? My bad. <laughs> no, no. Reel uh, me in. Tribe. 
Tribes, yes. Because yeah. <laughs> people actually just naturally gravitate towards their tribes when they were kids. Um, or at least we pick them like unconsciously. Now you get to like pick them consciously because you can rebrand your identity at any time that you want by simply looking at who your tribe is. Now, the truth is you got to look at who you want to be friends with. And more importantly, it's who you want to be. Uh, so who you want to be friends with um, and how it benefits you. Is it in alignment to your true core value? Because the truth is, is it, is, is it one of those things where it's like, for me, I'm, I love combat sports. Like combat sports, my thing. I fucking love them. Yeah. So if I rebranded myself to the tribe of combat sports fanatics that are like on point, like, yeah, we're going to go see it every weekend. That kind of, those types of people are like super analytical, really fun to talk to. This is kind of their life. Um, if I dedicated myself to be that kind of world, I've got to go back into training all the time. I've got to make sure I start doing interviews with those people. I've got to rebrand my business. I got to start building myself a name in that world. So I got to like come up, dress, act, walk, talk, and be like them to become part of their clique. Yeah, and this is the same with what what I messaged you about the other day about sort of trying to find a sort of different kind of client because I was finding that everyone because I like to work with coaches and things like that particularly that I t- I tend to like to work with people who better the world or people in some way. Yeah, that just gives me the happy, warm feel fuzz. Mm-hmm. But then. When you are looking around online and things like that and through the groups and things like that, you tend to find all the fucking douchey ones because they're the loudest ones. The fucking hypey, over the top, look at me, please look at me, why won't anyone look at me, I'm so alone types. When in actual fact, I want to sort of aim more for the quiet success kind of people. Yeah. Which means I have to talk to them, which is what I'm now starting to work on more. Yeah, because there's a language that each person speaks. And once you understand that language, you kind of build it to that tribe. It's um, it's one of the very reasons that like, and you know this because you've been like junior for fucking ages. Um, you know, for a fact that I, the amount of psychology books I go through, like are really just weird books for a copywriter to read. Like I love reading all of Robert Greene's books because those are the first books I could recommend to anyone that gets into business street. Here's your fucking guide. Yeah, they're the ones that you sent to me. And yeah. that's the ones that I went through to start with. Like, what's the big ass one called? I can't remember what it's called. Forty Forty Laws of Power. That's the one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one. I listened to that one in my car for fucking ages. And that does give you a really good insight to people who people yeah, into people and why they think the things that they think. Yeah, because as much as we like to play these games that we're a lovely person and we're this, that, the other, whatever it is, no, motherfucker, it's this weird. We're just blind to how we're playing out. When you know how people are, you can categorize very quickly. Yeah. And it, it's a fucking fantastic skill because it's the same. Well, you know me, I've refined mine to the ability where I can look at a person and just read them like a book. Yeah. And you're, you're like, oh, what do they think? It's like, me. You're like, oh, shit, damn, they are. Yeah, my Kung Fu teacher used to do that. I used to spar with him. He'd been training for like years and years. He was a seventh, eighth dan master of Shaolin Kung Fu. And so we'd be sparring and I'd literally be in front of him. And so I'm sat there and I'm thinking, right, what can I do to even get close to this guy? And I don't even move. And he goes, right leg. You go, motherfucker, how did you know that? I'd only just worked that out myself. And then he's like, right, so you reset, come back, go again. He goes, left hand. You go, fuck you, I'm not even trying now. I, can't, I just can't do anything. <laughs> and then he, then you try something and he'd put you on the floor. And you go, 
Told you. <laughs> it's, well, it's kind of those things that I've been... So this is why I love watching combat sports because combat sports has a lot of ideas around psychology. Specifically, uh, I very recently got... I was looking at alter egos in, in boxing um, yeah. and in martial arts. And it's actually really interesting because I think about it with certain fighters... And they embody that, but they, they've never publicly spoken that they go into that mode. And if you look at how they fight in their psychology, it's like they transform into that person. Um, Mike Tyson is a huge one. Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Thomas the Hitman Hearns, Marvin Hagler. They're all kind of like they have that, that thing that they do, that this personality they embody. And like for one, for kickboxing, is a guy called Ernesto Hoost. Now, Ernesto, his nickname was Mr. Perfect. And if you ever see him fight, he is fucking perfect. Like his leg kicks are so beautiful that he just killed you. He just killed your <laughs> legs. Like he just did it very quickly because he's got really weird hip mobility. He's got like hypermobility like I do. Um, so he'd kick you in the closest of ranges. And anyone that knows that you can kick a, in tie boxing can kick in two ways. You can kick directly at the thigh or just the, at the uh, just above the knee. Um, which is quite a powerful like swing kick. Yeah. Uh, knocks the opponent off base. Great for taking away power and stamina in that leg. Or you can do the chop kick, which is where you just come up and just like cut down. The beauty with that kick is uh, the chop kick, when it lands, it buckles. The downside is you're, you're, you're there a second too long. If they're fast, they can hit you with the right hand. Yeah, because you're so slightly you, off balance and going forward. Well, the thing is you're just coming down because your weight is bearing down on top yeah. of their thigh. So your leg's going to slide back and off um, rather than like move back and come forward. It's, it's a very weird motion. Um, but Ernesto, he kind of like got into this headspace because he's the nicest guy, really cool dude. And then once he gets into the ring, he embraces us. But I'd say Ray Leonard used to talk about this where he goes when he look, he'd meditate before he'd go into a fight. And he goes, if you look in the, in, in the mirror and he saw regular old Ray Leonard, he was like, the odds of me winning this fight go down. Because if I see my eyes and I see Sugar Ray looking back at me, he goes, I know I'm going to win this. Um, and the only time he's ever truly felt fear in a fight was um, against Tom, Tommy Hearns, the hitman. Because the hitman, like Tommy Hearns was like, when I'm in there, it's not me fighting, it's the hitman. He wants to take your head off. Yeah, we were taught similar thing on again, back from my Kung Fu days. Because the way we would work and things like that. You'd be shown forms and stuff like that, but then you'd put your forms to the test and you'd stand in the middle of like however many attackers there were and stuff. And they'd all come for you as to the your speed and level and shit like that. But as you got in the middle, you rolled your hands back, you look down at the floor and when you're ready, you look up. As soon as you look up, game on people are coming to take your head off. But we were always taught that like you can be laughing, joking, taking the piss with your friends and things like that. But as soon as you get in the middle of those people and you put your head down, that switch goes and it's time to fight for your fucking life because these people are coming to hurt you. It's your job to fucking stop them. And so it was just a case of laugh, joke, in focus. And, and you deal with every fucker that comes through. And it's, yeah, you do have to kind of install a switch in your head between aggression and happy and jovial which probably helps us to be copywriters as well to be honest being able to switch from one kind of mindset to another yep because talking to the numerous different audiences that we have 
going from like the real estate audiences to the coaching audiences to the dating audiences to, and possibly sometimes in the same fucking day <laughs> that is a lot of switch in your mind to think what the fuck am I thinking about now it's really, really interesting when that happens though right like it your, is. your brain can go there I mean Gary Halbert once said that the beauty of a copywriter is that we can go down to the deepest darkest pits of hell and look under the rocks and go oh that's what an emotion is <laughs> yeah is it no wonder that a lot of copywriters are a little bit dysfunctional <laughs> just a little bit as humans not at all, really. I mean, I think you have to be slightly dysfunctional to make it in the online marketing world anyway, with all the politics and shit that go on and all oh, the fuckery. It, you know what's really weird? I'm surprised that I'm not more into the politics of that kind of world. Like, I know everything, but no one fucks with me. That's because it's just not fucking worth it most of the time. More often than not, the politics <laughs> go off and they're saying, man, 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 you go, ah, fuck off. <laughs> What's really funny about that is also it really isn't worth coming after me. That too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think people kind of realize after a while that I'm kind of a very much scorched earth kind of motherfucker. It's like, I'll protect you, but you come at me, I'm just going to burn you. I'm going to burn your <laughs> village down. <laughs> Well, I think we've tag team people before who yeah. like <laughs> it's it's fun to just do. But I was gonna say, um, <laughs> there's a really fun phrase that I just picked up the other day. It's an old phrase that we all know, but I'm just like, there's a new way that you can make that threatening. <laughs> and it's like I'm the guy that will piss in your cornflakes. <laughs> like, imagine if you just go into a fight with someone. You're like, I'm the guy that will piss in your cornflakes. What? <laughs> It's like, oh shit, this motherfucker will piss in your cornflakes. Yeah, I'm not even sp- speaking metaphors. I will literally whip it out and fucking streaming right in your breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but could you imagine? I was thinking about this like when this was going through my head because this is the shit that goes through my head sometimes. <laughs> but think about it this way. And you're going to remember this because it's fucking hilarious. But anyway, in my head at least. Um, Imagine if you were in a fight, that's how you assert dominance over another person. Just imagine you go into a fight with someone, like they were sitting down there mouthing off and you're like, you know what, fuck you, just whip your dick out and just take a piss on their food. <laughs> they don't, They won't know how to react. Yeah, well, like, there, there, is, there is no reaction. You're like, I'm going to punch you. You're like, my dick is out. I'll just piss <laughs> on you. You're like... <laughs> Like, just go and buy you a couple of seconds. If you want to really piss them off, just, like, whiz off onto their face and just run away. It's like, I can't remember what it what I've seen it in. I can't remember if it was a TV series or a comedian, but he said, like, if someone starts to fight with you and things like that, you start off, you take your shirt off, like people do, but you don't stop there. You start going fucking the whole hog, fucking unbelt your trousers, <laughs> they come down, boxes down, watch off, things like that, and then just stand there bollock naked and like, now what? Come on, then, you're going to fight the naked dude. <laughs> Wait, was it an American or a British person? I honestly can't remember. It if might I, have been it, Russell Howard. It might have just been in a TV series about fantasy football that I used to watch. I cannot could, remember. It could be Russell Howard, or it also could be Nick Swartzen. That sounds like a Nick Swartzen move. I don't know who. I don't know the name Nick Swartzen. I probably know the face. Have you? You've seen Blades of Glory, right? Yes. You know the guy that stalks. Um, blonde dude character I cannot remember his name right now no neither can I he, Will Farrell's opposite in this um, yeah. the guy who played Napoleon Dynamite basically yeah yeah, yeah. 
So he's the guy that stalks him. Anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've just Googled. Yeah, I do recognize him. Yeah. Nick Swartz is fucking hilarious. Anyway, there's a whole point to this. Um, I can't <laughs> remember. <laughs> kidding. We did actually hit the point. Um, but I did want to actually ask you this because surprisingly we were running to the... I've just realized what time it is. I hope we've given people value during this time. Like, I know we've had a lot of laughs, but I hope you guys are gleaning, like, the little stories and gems that we're dropping here. Generally, my thing has always been when you're trying to bring value to any content copy or anything, if you're not giving them some insight, if you're not giving them some lesson to how to do things, if you're at least making them smile and making them laugh, that's value to their day. So that's me good. (laughs) That makes me happy because I think we've done that today. (laughs) (laughs) I should hope so. If not, we've amused ourselves. Very much so. <laughs> the worst part is that like, I can actually do a Vegeta voice, which I will do later on, like after we're off. Or maybe on that, I don't know. But one of the questions I wanted to ask you um, was, of course, like one of, the, one of the places that you and I have found uh, commonality on is our love for anime and also story, obviously. But it's where we find and draw inspiration from because... You know this because obviously we've been around a lot of copyrights and introduced you to a lot of people and you've met a lot of people um, online. A lot of people kind of like they, I'm saying a lot of people a lot now. Anyway, they kind of look at um, their inspirational sources are always kind of the same, if that makes sense. Whereas I found you and I have very unique places we look for inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We've also been made fun of for our unique places that we look for information. Fuck you, everyone who makes fun of the, <laughs> of our places of awesome. But I was going to ask you, where are some of the more unusual places that you personally look for, for inspiration around copy, around ideas, around uh, how you execute social media and stuff like that? So like you say, generally, it will come from a few places. It will be um, stories uh, from things that are happening in my life. Like I did an email the other day about... Uh, that my stepson called one of my my stepdaughter's friends a demented pig because that's an insult that happens apparently so I did a whole email around around saying that someone's a demented pig I can't remember what, how I tied that in but yeah so things like that or there will be uh, TV shows I've done posts about Supernatural before and the other day I started sending out some cold emails just to test and see what would happen and I did it full of Star Wars references just to see what it was. It even started off with jumps into inbox and hello there. <laughs> Start off an email just to see how that would go. Being, yeah, I generally embrace my nerdy side of life and my dad's side of life. I bring my life into copy content, social media, whatever, because that's who I am. That's always who I've been. Yeah, it's really weird because I have to yeah. like, I've realized you do, like, I, it really pisses me off that everyone can do this. I'm like, God, there is so much of me that I want to put out there, but I can't right now because some of it might get me arrested. <laughs> Not because it's illegal or anything. I, it's just because I am honestly, Mark knows this. I have some really weird thoughts sometimes that like, they're hilarious, but out of context, they'll get me in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, these things, because I have that as well. I mean, you told me earlier that your calves hurt because of the way you were walking, and I immediately pictured you walking around London like a fucking gorilla. Yeah, just thumping just around. Just because that's where my head went. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Thought, like, <laughs> not literally even... with the whole body shape and going. And... Well, it wouldn't be too far off. I'm Full on ones here, sir. 
do want a gorilla onesie though. Oh my god, can I get the uh, onesie <laughs> that the dude that wrestled the Undertaker in like WrestleMania ninety one or something? I I want his uh, I want his onesie because his onesie had like drawn on muscles. It was amazing. <laughs> the great Gonzalez, I think his name was or something. Yeah. That, so, like that. I don't, that was before my resting days. Then before I was oh, watching. Oh, way, way so before my resting days. Then. No, no, way before my wrestling days. This was something I found out in like one of the old archives of the Under- Undertaker's um, wrestling history. I get obsessive over characters, man. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, but it of... helps because again, it helps you give you that like insight into character. I tell you another place that actually helps. I was going to mention it earlier, and then we got distracted. Funnily enough, we went on tangents. Um, yeah, one place that I've actually seen to see human behavior from what I would call like your normal everyday people is from reality TV shows. Yeah, because oh my, my wife fucking loves a reality TV show, and and she tends to put them on. And I go, oh, I don't really want to watch this. So I'll start off, and I'll be playing on the Switch while she's watching them and things like that. And I'm going, hang on, why is he doing this? Why, and now I'm invested and I'm through and I'm in. But then it's because I'm seeing the interaction. I'm seeing how regular people work. I'm seeing how the brain works of things like that. And yeah, that gives me quite a lot of inspiration and insight as well. So as much as it is really trash TV, and I mean, God awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, there is that side of the psychological insight of it all. Oh, by the way, this is something. Okay, so uh, something I rarely tell people. And actually, now my podcast. Actually, no, I'm not going to tell you guys. Fuck it, no. I'll, t- I'll tell Mark after the show because it is a little bit. It, it's a little bit that I would only keep between friends at the moment. Uh, I'll talk about this on in a future podcast and probably in a in a blog post, but not right now. Anyway, um, they, they nearly got a, an exclusive insight then. <laughs> they were. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll do. I'll do a proper release because it's very, very interesting the way it's done. But uh, trash TV is one of the best places you can find it. And that's something no one ever tells you about when you become a copywriter is that you will start watching and reading trashy novels and TV and shit like that. John Carlton kind of tells you a little bit, but not everyone who goes, because you'll just start breaking shit down. He goes, Johnny, everybody, like Johnny, everybody is fucking amazing to look at because you can see them through everyday life. Um, Yeah. And I think it's... um... Yeah, it's just one of those things that when you do start becoming a copywriter and you dive into psychology and things like that, you do just start breaking down everything you see. Like every radio advert I hear when I'm in the kitchen, I'm breaking down going, hey, look, they're trying to be relatable. Then they're entering the problem, they're entering the everyday life, and there's a call to action. So that's how that works. Mm-hmm. You just start seeing it everywhere. It's like the movie The Number 23, and you just start seeing it everywhere. Exactly. It's just one of those really, really weird things that's just, so beautifully prevalent once you start seeing it and also uh so as we come down to the last bit of the show uh two of my favorite questions to ask on the show first one being what are your top five books and top five movies that you'd recommend our listeners check out i knew you're gonna ask this should have prepared better (laughs) so book wise let's go for one of my favorites was um the Joseph Sugarman's Adweek, uh, Daily Adweek copy. I can't remember the actual title. That one. You, people know which one that one is. Yeah, I also yeah. like tr- yeah. I also like Triggers by Joseph Sugarman as well. That one's another really good one. That one will show you a lot of the emotional 
triggers, funnily enough, that make people think and feel and things like that. That one's a good one. Um, what else do I have on my shelf? That I can... The um, Robert Greene ones, like we mentioned earlier, like the uh, 48 Power, 48 Laws of Power. And then, what else have I been listening to recently? Oh, the Mark Manson ones. The Satellite of Not Giving a Fuck and Everything is Fucked, a book about hope. Those two are, I love those two. They really sort of give a good You didn't insight. like the second book? Didn't you? No, I rated it a three out of five. It's, it's a good book, but it was really depressing. What do you expect from Everything is Fucked, a book about hope? Did you really think it was going to be like... Hey, the other <laughs> one was actually a great book. It was really entertaining. This one was just depressing as shit. I was like, dude, I get it, but you're making me want to slip my wrists here. I see. I know what you mean. It does give you like a dark look at the sort of underbelly of why everything is the way that it is. But I quite like that. If you can kind of separate from your fantasy, like that is the way that it is, but oh, you know, yeah. fuck it, you just deal with it. Then that's yes. that's the way that I tend to go with it. Well, it was the time that I read it as well, because like remember I did read it at a point where I was going through my own shit when we were discussing this when it came out. But yeah, that's, that's probably not, not the best. Thing. But not to excuse that, I still think it's a good book. Like great to read, but again, not one I want to revisit. I don't think or I might revisit at a later date. No, uh, yeah, I don't think I because I don't think I'd revisit it. And the ones I usually the ones I revisit are the ones where I can that I have to refer back to for some particular fact or something like that. The other book that opened my eyes quite a lot was the one that you sent me, which the fucking title's gone out of my head. Which one? The one with the black cover that looked like the guy from Constantine on the front. Oh, trust me, I'm lying. That's the one. I knew it had something to do with lying. Ryan, Ryan Holiday. Yeah, that one as well, because that also gives you, starts to open your eyes to the wallet of the way the media looks, especially with like the pandemic and stuff like that as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like after after reading that book, all of this, you're just going like, mm -mm, I can see you. I see you, motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, it happened because I've like with my local like newspaper, I see them post a few times a day. One will say, all the things have dropped. It's all good. It's all happy. And then about a few hours later, it's like, oh no, there is this new thing that's coming through. Be fair. Be aware of this. Be aware. And they will change through the day. It really does open your eyes a lot to all the kind of shit that the media goes through. And it's not all as it seems. Oh yeah. Um, a friend of mine that was a photography student told me, he goes, never believe the media. And I asked him what, I, at this point, I was like, I don't anyway. But I was like, why? And he was like, because I was 16 at the point. Um, I was like, why? He goes, well, take it this way. Uh, I've seen how they doctor photos and how they like change actual imagery. It's like they can take a photo and make it look one way when the reality is it's a whole different thing. Yeah, I've heard that myself of like people who have gone to like who've been arrested, even in like the local paper and stuff like that. And it's just a general like picture of them walking out. But they've just doctored it slightly to make them look like they've got slightly more angry eyes to make you see them as the criminal rather than or they just changed just someone's the been arrested. Just the coloring of the photo has changed. That's been doctored slightly to give it an overcast feel. Yeah, it is scary. The things that you look through. It's this whole sort of thing between like 
going through with the like hypey persuasion techniques of like all these sort of sneaky underhanded sort of this will definitely get you the sale and things like that it's like you don't definitely want the sale you want the sale to the right people yeah you want to put the right offer in front of the right people and help those people with whatever you're selling yeah it's an ethical thing though because a lot of people don't have ethics which just pisses both off mm. um that's why i am writing a book on ethics and marketing that's which, an insight. We're, which we're getting to right now that was the other thing I was going to ask you <laughs> yeah I, coming that is um, something that I have not announced to the world yet so I will announce it on your podcast <laughs> that um, yeah I am writing a book at the minute the working title is ethical marketing principles because it stands for EMP and I like that and so far it's good it's giving I've already managed to fill it full of pop culture references. Star Wars is in there. There's a Triple H quote in there. There's everything in there. But more importantly, it is coming along and it will show you the ways of how to write copy from like if you're, especially if you're something like from a basic kind of point of view. So if you're like a small business owner and you're wanting to write your own copy and things like that, it will help you. And it will also show you the right way, not the way to use the shitty tactics that people say and to use like not using clickbaity headlines and to not like go through and spam people in the with cold pitches and things like that it will show you the right way to and the ethical the most ethical way to write copy that will also make sales as well so it's coming along well i've a few chapters in it hopefully i'm aiming for round about june july time for it to be finished which should be a couple of months after this yeah, no, it should be around the time this comes out. That'd be a beautiful timing, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, just perfect, just right there, just perfectly sweet, right on the button. Um, but anyway, mate, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show. Uh, guys, go check out thecopyfather.com, get on Mark's list, uh, find him on Facebook and every bit of social media online under the name Mark Kington or The Copy Father. Um, and yeah, any last final words that you want to share? Just always remember, don't be a dick. Don't lie in your copy. And be excellent to each other. As always, I was hoping that we were going to get one of those quotes then, because you know how much I love Bill and Ted. <laughs> Another great Halloween costume. When goes Ted? <laughs> yes. Excellent. <laughs> Most excellent, dude. Anyway, guys, take care. Have a great weekend. And please rate, review, subscribe, and share the show if you've enjoyed it. Uh, email me let me know right into the show let me know who you guys want me to have on if i can get them on i will um and let me know if you picked anything up all right guys take care and speak to you real soon bye